today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. A great lesson has been given to us. What is that lesson, you guys? God will repay the wicked. And Paul agreed with that statement. Because in Galatians 6, 8, he says, For he who sows to his flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption. So if you sow corruption, what are you going to do? Reap corruption, okay? But God, God has given us a choice. What is that choice, you guys? Walk in the ways of the Spirit or walk in the ways of the flesh. Pretty simple, huh? God will repay the wicked. This may not sound like the God of love that we hear about in our society today, but the problem is that a lot of people want God to compromise. They want God to conform to their thinking, but that's not who God is. As Pastor Eric says, God gives us a choice. His way is life, and every other way leads to death. Now here's Pastor Eric in the book of Judges, chapter 9, verse 8, with today's study. And they said to the olive tree, Reign over us! But the olive tree said to them, Should I cease giving my oil, with which they honor God and men, and go to sway over the trees? Then the tree said to the fig tree, You come and reign over us. But the fig tree said to them, Should I cease my sweetness and my good fruit and go to sway over the trees? Then the tree said to the vine, You come and reign over us. But the vine said to them, Should I cease my new wine, with cheers, uh, which cheers both God and men, and go to sway over the trees? Every time I hear trees, I think of the Lorax. Right? Verse 14. Then all the trees said to the bramble, You come and reign over us. And the bramble said to the trees, If in truth you anoint me as king over you, then come and take shelter in my shade. But if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Wow. So verse 16. After this parable... Jesus wasn't the one to invent parables, by the way. Okay, here we see a parable. It's his word, though. So I guess he did invent it. Going on, verse 16. Now, therefore, if you have, the, if you have acted in truth and sincerity in making Abimelech king, and if you have dealt well with Jerubal and his house and have done to him as he deserves... For my father fought for you, risked his life, and delivered you out of the hand of Midian. But you have risen up against my father's house this day, and killed his seventy sons on one stone, and made Abimelech the son of his female servant, king over the men of Shechem, because he is your brother. If then you have acted in truth and sincerity with Jerubbabel and with his house this day, then rejoice in Abimelech, and let him also rejoice in you." But if not, let, the fire, let fire come from Abimelech and devour the men of Shechem and Beth Milo. And let the fire come from the men of Shechem and from Beth Milo and devour Abimelech. And Jotham ran away and fled. <laughs> and he went to Beer and dwelt there for the fear of Abimelech, his brother. So uh, Jotham then comes out, gives this parable, and he says, Hey, you know, these trees, right? The trees want to, are looking to, uh, for a ruler to be over them. So he goes, the trees go to the olive tree. They say no. The fig tree says no. The vine says no. They did not want to sacrifice what they had to become ruler, okay? But then the trees go to the bramble. Do you know what a bramble is? It is a thorn bush. 
They go to a thorn bush, right? And the only thing a bramble was good for was fueling fire. The bramble was speaking of Abimelech. Nothing good was going to come from him. The only thing that was going to come from him was a disaster. The only thing that was going to come from him was a disaster. So Jotham, the youngest son, gets this, he gets, you know, boldness, and he says to him, if you think this is right on how you've acted with Jerubbabel's house, if you think it's okay to go in and kill them all, if you think that's all right, and, and make Abimelech your king, the, the, the one son from his female servant, from Gideon's female servant, if you're okay with that, then rejoice in that. A little sarcastic, I would think. But he was so passionate because he knew it was wrong. He knew that it was wrong. Their actions were wrong. But he says to him, if you're, if you're good with killing 70 innocent people, then go ahead, be happy with Abimelech as your king. Go ahead and be happy. But if you have not done right, may the fire of Abimelech devour you. And may the fire of Shechem devour Abimelech. Okay? And then he takes off and hides. You know? Usually what younger brothers do, right? They come in and punch you and then they run. I know, I was one of them. So then we see the Lord challenging the men of Shechem and Abimelech to consider their ways. Because that's exactly what kind of message that was given by Jotham. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. My question to us is, how often do you consider your ways? How often do you consider your ways? Have you considered the direction that your life is heading? Have you ever considered that? I mean, we can get wrapped up in busyness, right? Going here to there to there, doctor's appointments, sporting events, taking the kids to school. Get wrapped up in life. But have we taken the time and sat before the Lord and considered our ways? Are my ways pleasing to you, Lord? Is what I'm doing honoring to you, Jesus? Do we, do we take that time to consider our ways? Because there are two paths that a person can go. Two paths a person can go. Did you know that? The wide way and the narrow way. Jesus said this he, about both paths. He says in Matthew 7.13, Enter by the narrow gate. For the wide gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and there are many who go in by it continues on in verse 14 because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it my, my concern is is that how many of us are falling and we're on the pathway the wide path to destruction and we don't even know it because we're so caught up and busy Busyness of life. I mean, I truly believe that's one of the tactics by the enemy to, to deceive us. Oh, keep doing this. Keep doing this. Keep being busy. Don't focus on God. Don't, don't be in His Word. Don't seek His ways. Keep going. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. They're flying through Starbucks drive through with their phones. We're all busy. Scan instead of pulling out your wallet and paying. I'm guilty. Okay? Are we considering our ways, though, you guys? Because the narrow way, the way of Jesus, this leads to life. This way leads to life. The wide way, the, the way the world tells us to go, leads to destruction. Leads to destruction. 
Which path are you on? Consider your ways. Which path are you on? If it's wide, then get off the path, turn around, and go to the narrow path. Praise God, he gives us that opportunity, right? Praise God. It's not like you're stuck, sorry, there's no exits. No, there's an exit. It's called repentance. You have an opportunity, you have the choice, the decision is yours. What path you want to live on. God has given that to you because he's loved you. He loves you. He gives you that option. What path do you want to go on? The wide one or the narrow one? It's up to you. I can't make that decision for you. Your spouse can't make that decision for you. Your kids can't make that decision for you. It's between you and the Lord. But I encourage you, take life. Take life. Well, the outcome of this decision, you know, after his younger brother Jotham says, you know, consider your ways. If you're okay with it, then, then continue. But if it's evil, watch out. The outcome, verses 22 through 24, says this. After Abimelech had reigned over Israel three years, God let this go on for three years. God sent a spirit of ill, ill will between Abimelech and the men of Shechem. And the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech that the crime done to the 70 sons of Jerubal might be settled and their blood be laid on Abimelech, their brother, who killed them, and on the men of Shechem who aided him in the killing of his brothers. Three years go by, God places the spirit of ill between the men of Shechem and Abimelech. What is the spirit of ill? What is that? Well, God changed their hearts from agreeing to disagreeing. He changed their hearts. Oh, uh, guys, guess what? As much as we think that we're in control, God is in control of all the situation. God can change the heart, okay? So he does that. He changes their hearts. They're against each other. And the reason of the Spirit, because of the wicked actions of killing the sons of Gideon. God didn't forget. God didn't forget. It was just in his timing that he was going to take care of this. Continuing on in verse 25, says this, uh, And the men of Shechem set men in ambush against him on the tops of the mountains, and they robbed all who passed by them along that way. And it was told to Abimelech. So get the picture. This, the men of Shechem are now jumping out and robbing Abimelech's guys. They're coming against each other. Well, what does the Bible say? A house divided what? cannot stand. And we're going to see that here in these verses. Continuing on, he says in verse 26, now Gal, the son of Ebed, came with his brothers and went over to Shechem. Uh, and the men of Shechem put their confidence in him. A new guy moves into town, Gal. Verse 27, so they went out into the fields and gathered grapes from their vineyard and trotted them and made merry. And they went into the house of their God and ate and drank and cursed Abimelech. So now they're having this wild party and they're cursing their leader. They've gathered together and they're coming against Abimelech, cursing him. Then Gal, the son of Ebed, said, Who is Abimelech and who is Shechem that, who, that we should serve him? Is he not the son of Jerubal and, and is not Zubal his officer? Serve, serve the men of Hamar, the fathers of Shechem. But why should we serve him? So he's, you see what he's doing? He's planting those seeds of, hey, come on, guys, why are we serving this clown? You know, 
He, he's a clown. Why, don't, why, why is he better than us? Why don't we rise up? What are we doing? Right? So he, he says to them, he goes in, in, in verse 29, if only the people were under my authority, then I would remove Abimelech. Sure you would. So he said to Abimelech, increase your army and come out. So he challenges Abimelech. When Zubal, the ruler of the city, heard the words of Gal, the son of Ebed, his anger was aroused. Well, sure, there was a war brewing. And he sent messengers to Abimelech secretly, saying, Take note, Gal, the son of Ebed, and his brothers have come to Shechem, and, and here they are, fortifying the city against you. Now therefore, get up by night, you and the people who are with you, and lie in wait in the field. And it shall be as soon as the... The sun is up in the morning that you shall rise early and rush upon the city. And when he and the people who are with him come out against you, you may then do to them as you find opportunity. So his city manager is telling Abimelech, hey, you guys got to come down. There's a war. They're going to fight against you, but you need to be prepared. I'm telling you, when you guys come down, be ready to fight. Verse 34, so Abimelech and all the people who were with him rose by night and lay in wait against Shechem in four companies. When Gal, the son of Ebed, went out and stood in the entrance to the city gate, Abimelech and the people who were with him rose from lying in wait. Can you see it? He comes out to the city gate and, and Abimelech and his guys arise ready to battle, ready to fight. But weren't they on the same team? Yeah, they were. Not anymore because God changed it. <laughs> and, and so, uh, and then when, when, when Gal saw the people, he said to Zubal, look, people are coming down from the tops of the mountains. But Zubal said to him, you're seeing shadows of the mountains as if they were men. So what is the city manager telling this guy? You're crazy. Oh, there's no one coming to get you. Don't worry about it. No one's coming to get you. There's just shadows, you know? Oh, Yeah. So Gal spoke again and said, See, people are coming down from the center of the land. <laughs> and another company is coming from the diviners, the terebinth trees. Then Zubal said to him, Where indeed is your mouth now? <laughs> With what you said, who is Abimelech? That we should serve him. Are not, uh, are not these the people whom you despised? Go out, if you will, and fight with them now. That's like... How do you like me now? You're talking trash about my guy? Guess what? You're about to go down. How do you like me now? Where's this trash talking at now? You were all tough back in the, in the, in the party, but now you don't want to fight? Get out there and fight, right? This is entertaining. <laughs> Again, who needs TV, right? Okay, so, so, so Gal, verse 39, went out leading the men of Shechem and fought with Abimelech. And Abimelech chased him, and he fled from him. And many fell wounded to the very entrance of the gate. Then Abimelech dwelt uh, at Arumah, and Zubal drove out Gal and his brothers so that they would not dwell in Shechem. Verse 42, and it came about on the next day that the people went out into the field, and they told Abimelech, so, verse 43, so he took his people, divided them in three companies, and lay in wait in the field. And he looked, and there were the people coming out of the city. And he rose against them and attacked them. I think this guy got some of the traits of his dad, right? 
verse 44, Then Abimelech and the company that was with him rushed forward and stood at the entrance of the city, at the gate of the city. And the other two companies rushed upon all who were in the fields and killed them. Verse 45, so Abimelech fought against the city all that day. He took the city and killed the people who were in it. And he demolished the city and sowed it with salt. Verse 46, now when all the men of that tower, uh, when all, now when all the men of that tower of Shechem had heard that they had entered the stronghold of the temple of, of the god Berth, and it was told and it was told Abimelech that all the men of the tower of Shechem were gathered together. Then Abimelech went up to the Mount Zelum, and he and all the people who were with him, and Abimelech took an axe in his hand and cut down a bough from the trees and took it and laid it on his shoulder. Then he said to the people who were with him, uh, what you have seen me do, make haste and do it, do as I have done. So he's getting these branches because he knows all the people in the tower of Shechem. So he's cutting down the branches, putting them on the back. He says, hey, see what I'm doing? Do what I'm doing. Follow my lead. We, we got a plan. Come follow me. And so in verse 49, so each of the people likewise cut down his own bow and followed Abimelech, put them against the stronghold and set the stronghold on fire above them so that all the people of the tower of Shechem died, about a thousand men and women. Didn't somebody mention something about fire? Yeah, Jotham did. <laughs> verse 50, then Abimelech went to Thebes and he encamped against Thebes and took it. But there was a strong tower in the city, and all the men and the women and all the people of the city fled there and shut themselves up, shut themselves in. And they went up to the top of the tower. So Abimelech came as far as the tower and fought against it. And he drew near the door of the tower to burn it with fire. Check this out, verse 53. But a certain woman dropped an upper millstone on Abimelech's head and crushed his skull. About a four to five pound stone is what she dropped on his head. Then he called quickly to the young man, his armor bearer, and said to him, Draw your sword and kill me, lest men say of me, A woman killed me. So his young man thrusted him through, and he died. Verse 55, And when the men of Israel saw that Abimelech was dead, they departed every man to his place. Thus God repaid the wickedness of Abimelech, which he had done to the fathers by killing his, servant, or killing his 70 brothers. And all the evil of the men of Shechem, God returned on their own heads, and on, the, and on them came the curse of Jotham, the son of Jerubbabel. Wow. Sounds like what J Jotham said came true. Guys, God does not stand for wickedness. Even if it took three years later, God did not stand for the wickedness that was displayed on Gideon's house. In fact, we're told in Proverbs 17:15, He who justified the wicked, justifies the wicked, and he who condemns the just, both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. So here in our chapter, chapter 9 of Judges, a great lesson has been given. A great lesson has been given to us. What is that lesson, you guys? God will repay the wicked. And Paul agreed with that statement. Because in Galatians 6:8, he says, For he who sows to his flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption. So if you sow corruption, what are you going to do? reap corruption, okay? But God, God has given us a choice. What is that choice, you guys? Walk in the ways of the Spirit or walk in the ways of the flesh. Pretty simple, huh? 
Paul said in Galatians 6.10, Therefore, as we have an opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Guys, as long as you're breathing, as long as you're still breathing, you have the opportunity to do good. You and I have the opportunity to do good, to do what is right in the Lord's eyes. You have that opportunity. (laughs) You have that choice. You can make that decision. Today, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do what is good, especially to those who are the household of faith, to your brothers and sisters, you guys. We need to take that opportunity, but the choice is yours. The choice is yours. Well, the common response then that I was thinking is great. <laughs> I've been walking in the ways of my flesh. I'm doomed to hell, right? That's it. I'm doomed to hell. No. <laughs> you can change. You can change. You can change because Jesus loves you and he went to the cross for your sins willingly to take them away from you. He's taking them away from you so that you don't have to face destruction. You don't have to hit the end result of that wide road. If you turn around and turn to Jesus, you can be saved. Hallelujah, man. Praise God that he has given us that chance. And this change comes through a repentant heart, just asking Jesus to forgive you. Forgive me, I am a sinner. I've chosen the wrong decisions in my life, Jesus, but I need you now to forgive me, and he will. He will. Does anybody agree with me on that? Yeah? Yeah. He will forgive you, and it's free. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to cook me dinner. If you want to, you can. But that's not going to give you salvation. Only Jesus Christ can give you that. You have a decision to make, my friends. And as Jesus says, and we'll wrap it up with this, Luke 9, 24. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. This decision is ours, right? We have a decision to make. To follow the ways of the flesh or follow the ways of the spirit. Father God, Lord, we just thank you for tonight. Just praise you, God, in this place. And I thank you for your word, just showing us how merciful you are, how long-suffering you are, and that your forgiveness is for all of us. God, you want all of us to change. You want all of us to be in your presence. You don't want one single person to be separated from you. Your word says that you desire that all should come to repentance. All should have everlasting life. God, that's your heart, but because you love us so much, you give us the choice. The choice is ours. We can either reject you or receive you. So God, I pray that your people, I pray the people in this nation, in this city, in this church would choose you. Choose you. Even though your ways are not our ways. And we don't understand those ways sometimes, but may we trust and have faith in you, Lord Jesus. Just a speck of faith in you. God, please give us that faith. May we believe in your holy name, Jesus. We just praise you and love you in Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Eric will continue teaching through the book of Judges the next time you join us. As you've been listening today, perhaps some questions have come to mind. 
If so, we'd like to help. Just email your questions, comments, or prayer requests to info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. We'll be sure to prayerfully respond because it's our desire to help you on your journey as you're seeking to walk with Jesus. You can also post your comments or questions to our Facebook page. Just search on Facebook for Grace to the Hearers Radio and join the conversation. If you can't find a church near you that's teaching through the Bible verse by verse, please let us know. We may be able to help you connect with a Bible study in your area and we'll certainly add you and your community to our prayer list as it's our desire to see God's Word being simply and systematically taught in every community. Again, you can contact us by email at info at gracetothehearers.com or give us a call at 520-723-7047. That's 520-720-7047. And please don't worry if you haven't been able to write this information down. All this information and more is available at our website, gracetothehearers.com. That's gracetothehearers.com. Log on to get to know us better. Join us next time as Pastor Eric continues to proclaim grace to the hearers from the book of Judges. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers.